Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. Today is part two of my Oscar week coverage. Uh, I'm going to keep this intro very brief as I have been sick for almost this entire week um, and woke up with an ear infection this morning, so I really can't even hear everything that I'm recording right now because I can only hear out of my right ear at the moment. Um, so yeah, we'll just jump right in and get to this. Today on the podcast, I am very honored to have four-time Oscar nominee Marshall Curry talking about his live action short, My Neighbor's Window. Uh, Marshall was on the podcast last year uh, for A Night at the Garden, a documentary short that he had that was nominated for an Oscar. And it's always great to talk with Marshall, kind of hear some of his process. Uh, the guy knows what he's doing, you know, four Oscar nominations. Uh, he's had plenty of things in Sundance and all sorts of film festivals uh, the guy just knows how to make great films uh, so it was great talking to him um, again this year and uh, the second guest I have this year is Sequi Song uh, she is part of the animated shorts with her film Sister uh, that was just an incredible incredible film uh, another one where just like Daria uh, that we spoke with last week uh, this is a student film project and a very unique way in animation she did everything with yarn uh, stop motion with yarn and it was really really cool uh, just such a fascinating film um, and the backstory behind it. It's just really, really cool. So I, th I think you guys are really going to enjoy both of these interviews. Uh, Marshall really talking about his experience in film. Um, and of course, you know, the story that he tells in My Neighbor's Window. Um, and then hearing, you know, somebody that's just kind of starting out her career. Uh, Sequoia also has, you know, kind of a uniqueness to this is, you know, she's nominated for an Oscar, you know, for her own film here. She was also part of the art department on The Missing Link. Uh, that's also uh, that's also nominated for an Oscar. Uh, so she she has hands in two films nominated for Oscars this year. Uh, so her career, you know, while it's young and just starting, she clearly has a very bright future ahead. And it was such an honor to talk with her as well. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we were hoping to have more interviews this year, uh, but people's schedules just unfortunately didn't work out. And then, like I said, you know, I've been sick most of this week so you know it was hard for me to schedule anything else in uh, kind of with my voice going in now and, and then like i said you know today uh i i kind of don't have hearing on one side uh so you know hopefully i am mended and back together by sunday uh, to enjoy the oscars uh but for now i hope you guys enjoy this episode make sure you're following these guys on social media um you can of course check out shorts tv uh to be able to watch all the short films before the oscars on sunday um and they're also playing all throughout the country so we'll have the link available at on mic podcast Com. Uh, so you can check that out as well to find out where you can purchase tickets uh, to see all the short films in theaters near you. Uh, but for now, enjoy my conversation with Marshall Curry and Siki Song. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Enjoy the Oscars on Sunday. We'll see you next week. I'm excited to be talking to you for a second year in a row here. Congratulations uh, once again on the Oscar nomination. Thank you so much. So now I saw you were just out at the uh, Sundance Film Festival as well. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Um, so watching uh, watching some friends' films, and I did a tiny bit of consulting on uh, editing, consulting on one film. So uh, so it was fun to, to get to see that one and its final form as well. Yeah, it's, it was kind of a rush having having Sundance and the Oscars. I just barely got done producing some stuff at Sundance and then just had to immediately make that transition to Oscar stuff. So I, I was glad to see somebody else was in the same boat. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a short, it's a short turnaround this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, Sundance technically isn't even over yet. It ends on the 2nd, and then we're seven days from, from Oscar Sunday. <laughs> it's crazy. So now this is your, your fourth Oscar nomination and kind of taking a little bit of a turn from you or for you, you're, you're usually getting nominated in the documentary category, 
this year uh life short uh what what kind of what kind of prompted the change here um i don't know you know about a year or two ago i just started feeling like i wanted to exercise a slightly different muscle i love documentaries and and um love the kind of sense of discovery and 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 chasing stories that that come with that but i thought it would be fun to um to to try filmmaking where you get to control every aspect of it so um so I wrote the script and, and, and worked with a great group of uh, actors and a, and a terrific crew, a great DP who I had worked on documentaries with, but who also shoots fiction, um, and, uh, and and really loved the process. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a beautifully shot film. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of the process of building up this story, uh, be, being, you know, they're, they're looking across uh, in the neighbor's window to see they, they, they kind of come across some new neighbors that are uh, kind of get, getting getting it on, to say, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, they're, they're kind of enamored by it, and it just kind of sparks a whole movement in their relationship. Right. Um, yeah, so the, the story is actually inspired by a true story. Years ago, I had heard a podcast called The Living Room um, on a show called Love and Radio, um, which later it was also rebroadcast on, um, on Radio Lab. Um, and uh, uh, in the story, a woman named Diane Weifert tells about having a young couple move in across the street from her when she was tired and frustrated with young kids and frustrated with her husband, and, and the young couple was kind of living the life that she wanted to live, and she developed this rear window obsession with them. So with that as the seed of the story, um, I wrote a script and made up a, a, a twist at the end, but um, the, the process was... Um, yep, I, I, I wrote the script. I spent a bunch of time, um, you know, getting feedback from friends and revising and revising, and um, and then uh, convinced Wolfgang Held, who was a, a DP who I'd worked with on some on some um, documentaries, uh, to 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 come on and, and shoot this. Uh, and we built out a crew and um, and got some terrific actors and. Um, made, made a little movie, shot it in four days, and I edited it uh, after that. Um, it premiered at Tribeca this year. That's incredible. I, I mean, to, to have done all of that in four days, too, I mean, when, when you when you have a career like you do, I mean, it does come a little bit easier to just be able to get into the production and say, okay, this is what we need to do, and just kind of get to it. Uh, but still, for four days, it's quite an accomplishment to be able to pull off what you've pulled off here. And one of the things that really spoke to me, and now knowing that you did this in four days, I'm even more intrigued. How how did you guys go about the production design here? Because one of the things I kept noticing was in the couple's apartment, just so much of the colors and the aesthetics from room to room really just brought out some of the beauty of the shots. Right. Um, well, we did have a, a, a great um, crew who worked on that. And um, uh, uh, Joe Polsick was a production designer. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there are some great little details, just things like, um, there's a turntable in the apartment that's closed and there are toys sitting on top of the turntable. And I remember when I first walked into the apartment after he'd been working on it and noticed, I saw that and it tells you that this is somebody who used to listen to a lot of vinyl, but now that there are kids in the house, uh, the toys have taken over the place, and, and and there's not a lot of not a lot of listening to vinyl that's been happening in that apartment for a while. So, 
those little details um, really helps to fill it all out. So now, now, did you shoot? Did you shoot in New York then uh, for this film? We did actually, and and one of the challenges for the film was was finding two apartments that actually faced each other because I knew that um, that if we tried to cheat it by having people look and showing their POV shot, but um, but never um, never seeing the apartments together in a single shot, that it would feel cheated. So so I really wanted there to literally be two apartments that looked at each other. Um, and I looked all around um, uh, at places in New York City and Manhattan, and I live in Brooklyn. And finally, um, I ended up uh, um, shooting it in my building where I live. So it's not my apartment, but it's a few floors up from where I live. And um, we had some incredibly generous neighbors who let us shoot in their apartment for four days. And I introduced myself to the neighbors across the street who let us um, set up uh, the, the, the other scenes of the, na- of the neighbors who they're watching um, in their apartment. Uh, so that was, that was one of the big uh, production challenges. Another, another challenge was that on the second day of shooting, uh, New York was hit by an unexpected blizzard, um, which wasn't originally part of the script. And we, um, it was a particular challenge because uh, we were planning on shooting one of our scenes. We'd scheduled, you know, tightly scheduled all of the shots and all of the scenes. And we were supposed to shoot one of the scenes, half of it on the day of the blizzard and half of it the next day. Oh, but no. I knew that because this apartment had all these windows, there'd be just constant continuity problems where somebody's talking and then you cut to a reaction shot and the snow is sometimes in the window and sometimes not. So that morning of the blizzard, we decided to embrace the blizzard. We, we tweaked the script to, to, to include it in the script, and we, um, we uh, shot all of the scenes that faced a window, all of the setups that faced a window. We shot that first day when the snow was coming down. And then on the second day, we shot all the reverse angle shots where the window is behind the character. Um, and, uh, and so that was, uh, that was a, 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 a big challenge. But... Um, you know, like I said, my DP uh, has, has worked in documentaries. I've worked in documentaries for years. So there was a nimbleness that, um, that we were able to bring to it all uh, that comes from uh, usually having to roll with weather and stories and people's moods and, you know, all sorts of things. So compared to that, this, the, the, the production went incredibly smoothly. Yeah, that's it's it's good that you guys were able to change that quickly. I know, especially with weather, it can throw a production really for a loop. I had worked on a on a show uh, for HBO a couple years back, and we were filming in this gorgeous uh, home in Park City, Utah, and it had a bunch of windows like that. And it was the same thing. They knew there was a snowstorm that was supposed to hit, but they didn't know when. And it was as they were trying to get like the last shots that it just started to snow and they were trying to just knock it out as quickly as they could so it wouldn't screw up the continuity. <laughs> oh my gosh. So now I'm, I'm curious because you seem to kind of have a method to the madness in a way where, like I said, I mean, this is your fourth, your fourth Oscar nomination. You, you make films that clearly resonate with people. What do you kind of find to be the secrets to filmmaking that continue to bring you the, the success that you're finding? You know, Oscar nominations are really fun, and it's nice to, to, to have that attention brought to films because it's easy for films to disappear, you know, without getting seen. So 
the, the way that they shine a light on, on, on work is great. But I don't really make them to try to appeal to the Academy. You know, I just make stories that, that move me and interest me, to be perfectly honest. And the styles of my work, uh, there's a pretty big range of things. You know, my, my first documentary uh, was called Street Fight. It was about um, a, a election in Newark, New Jersey, a sort of gritty, racially charged election that uh, where Cory Booker, who's now a senator that was running for president, but at that point was just an unknown 32-year-old city councilman um, who was running against the, the machine in Newark. Um, so that movie is very, you know, handheld, gritty, um, you know, a very kind of run and gun style to it. Uh, and that was nominated for an Oscar. My next uh, film that was nominated is called If a Tree Falls. It's about a radical environmental group. And it has a verite thread of a character who's facing life in prison for having burned uh, some timber facilities when he was in Oregon. The government considers him to be a terrorist and he considers himself to be more like the Boston Tea Party, you know, doing symbolic yeah. property destruction. Um, but that has a verite thread, it has interviews, it has archival footage, a very different style. The third uh, nominated film is one from last year. As you know, it was a, a, a seven-minute film, all entirely made from archival footage of a Nazi rally in Madison Square Garden in 1939. Um, and then this film, of course, is fiction. And uh, I, I guess all of the films, the things that I continue to, to gravitate toward are films with um, you know, that, that feel surprising, that don't just preach to the choir or don't, you know, say this is where we're going and then go there. I like things that zig and zag. I like things that are surprising. I like things that combines humor and also drama. Um, uh, and, um, and I like things that feel real. Um, you know, the, there are lots of movies that I love that are very stylized and theatrical, and but I, I really wanted this film to, to feel uh, uh, authentic and naturalistic and organic, and um, you know, in some ways I think I, I, I make my documentaries and they aspire to be like fiction. You know, they have narrative arcs with characters who want something and they have setbacks and, and there's tight dialogue and music and I really want the docs to feel like fiction films and and I really kind of wanted this fiction film to feel like a documentary where where you know sometimes people don't finish their sentences and and the set is kind of messy it's not everything's not perfectly placed you know there's a there's there's splinters in the scenes and there's there's a little bit of, of uh, organic realism that that uh, hopefully makes it feel uh, you know, more poignant and more, uh, more relatable. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's interesting to hear you say that because I don't think I had approached the neighbor's window kind of looking at it in that aspect, but in a way, yeah, it, it, it does kind of have still that documentary feel and the way that, and I don't want to spoil the end for anybody, but the way that the story does kind of turn, um, is a very natural way that does kind of make you feel like you're watching just reality unfold. And I mean, that, that was kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, and it's not to say that I wanted it to have like a shaky camera. It's not like it's trying to feel to, to be a mockumentary or a fake documentary. Right. But there's something about 
the way that the actors act and the way that we wrote the lines that I wanted to feel um, believable and uh, just authentic. Yeah, and I, and I think it definitely achieves the authenticity. I mean, I, I think once everybody sees it, they'll be able to put themselves into similar conversations that they've probably had, whether at work or, or in college or just, you know, in, in their everyday as they meet people, we all can find ourselves in very similar type of conversations, whether you're, a, you know, a kind of a creepy voyeur watching your neighbor or just meeting that stranger on the subway or something that, you know, you, you kind of have that moment uh, as these characters do uh, where you, where you kind of realize, you know, that it might not be what you, what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, some people have, have pointed out that, that the movie in some ways is, um, is an allegory about social media. You know, in, in the film, a family sees a neighbor and, 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 you know, sort of watches them with this rear window obsession. But um, even if you don't live in the city, you've probably had an experience through social media of feeling like you were getting an intimate glimpse into somebody else's life without being aware that, that, that the glimpse you were getting didn't tell the whole story right yeah yeah everybody everybody only posts their best life on social media they (laughs) they they don't they don't know the half of it right so uh, before we wrap this up i am curious to know you know are after after the success of this film are you going to kind of continue down a narrative path or you know are you going to swing back to documentary just kind of whatever comes next comes next well, I'm actively pursuing both right now. So I have a couple of doc projects that are in early stages that I'm really excited about, and I also have a script that um, that that I'm working on that um, that uh, would be a fiction uh, feature that uh, I'm really excited about too. Awesome. So it's it's always exciting to watch your work, Marshall. I, I it was if I was thrilled to see that you were nominated again uh, because I was looking forward to talking to you again. Uh, so best of luck with the neighbor's window. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens come Oscar Sunday. Thank you so much. And, and if your listeners want to um, want to see it, it's available online right now for free at theneighborswindow.com. So they can um, they can they can check that out. And, and if they're interested in documentaries, at, at my company's website at marshallcurry.com, there's there's links to a lot of my documentary work too. Excellent. So and, and of course it's part of the Shorts TV program. Um, people can go and see all the shorts, uh, but I'll have all the links uh, for your stuff up uh, on our website as well. Good. Yeah, no, it is, it's fun to, to see it with a, with a, a group of strangers in a, in a theatrical setting. So, um, so yeah, if, if in the next couple of weeks it's going to be in something like 500 theaters around the country. So if people are interested in seeing all of the nominated shorts together, um, that's, a, that's a program worth looking into. Yeah, it absolutely is, so. Well, thank you again so much, Marsh, for taking the uh, time to call in. And, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully we'll see you around Los Angeles uh, come the Oscars. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff, <laughs> you for sharing bet. With, with your listeners. You bet. Have a great one, Marshall. We'll see you. You too. Take care. Bye. Now, the, the first thing I have to bring up before we start talking about Sister is clearly you are doing something very right within your animation career. I know it's... It's, it seems uh, fairly early on, but I noticed looking at your IMDb that you also were part of the art department on Missing Link that is also nominated for an Academy Award. Yes, yes. I worked on that film for almost uh, for a year after I graduated from school. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's, it, it's such a great film as well, and I, I just had to laugh because you don't see, uh, especially in the shorts category, there there's such a vast difference of either people that are very new 
within the industry and those that are very tenured. There's no kind of in-between people, it ever seems. And so it was kind of fun to see that you're still, you know, fairly new, um, but yet you have one film nominated for an Oscar and worked on another, and that's just something that you do not see very often. Yeah, yeah, I think, I know, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's like, I'm really grateful for uh, the achievement that my film and Living Link is getting, and then I think it's just like, it's, uh, I think for me, it's just like, I um, I enjoy making animation, so being part of a big team or working on my own film, it's just like, I don't like to do it on my own time. I actually work on Twitter when I was working at Living Link, so I was like working on Living Link during the day at the day job, and then at night I work on my film Twitter. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit hard for me too because it takes really long hours to finish the film. Um, but I think I guess the result is you can see the results from uh, from the all the hours I put into the film. So I think. Totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, and and the hours that you had to put into Sister, uh, with it being a stop motion film, are a lot more sometimes than people may realize because you're having to make every single pose and get every single frame. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's an exorbitant amount of work that you had to put in, uh, especially doing that in your spare time outside of a full time job. Yeah, I guess for me mostly because you know this is the story that I really want to tell, and then um, and then I. I didn't. I was not thinking about more about you know what I can come out from it. I guess it's, for me, it's just like animation is a way I can tell my story. I can express myself, and then I have the skills and you know time to do it. I just, like do whatever I can to make the make the film, uh, finish the film, and then make uh, tell the story that I really want to tell. So that's you know that's the reason I am willing to like spend all the hours to put into the film. Yeah, now, now tell, tell me a little bit more about the story, because on the surface, you know, it, it's the story about this young boy who thinks about the sister that he could have had. And the deeper story of why you made this is just so incredibly uh, intriguing and just made me love the film that much more. Uh, but I'd love to hear it from you. So tell me a little bit, you know, kind of about your story and how this came about. Yeah, so the story of sister was... Uh... The genesis of the story basically comes from a question. I was asked a lot when I was a child. I was born and raised in China uh, in the 90s, and I actually am the second child in the family, uh, which is really rare during that time in China because most of the because of one-child policy, most of the family only have one child. And then when my friends find out I have a brother, they always ask me, oh, what does it feel like to grow up with a sibling? Like, what do you do it with your brother? Because most of them don't have the experience or chance to have a, grow up with a sibling. So I always like tell the stories of me and my brother to my friends a lot when I was a kid. And then after uh, I moved to the States in 2013, and then after I come here, I, re- I met many friends and you know classmates from all over the world. I just realized most of them have more than two siblings. And then to realize there's like a really huge comparison from, you know, the kids in China and the kids outside of China in, you know, we are the similar age, but we totally have different childhoods. So it just makes me realize that's something special uh, for, from us that to, you know, to be made into a film and to tell the story of ours to, to you know, to make people understand more about, you know, us 
so that's why I made the film. Yeah, and it's 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 a very touching story, and, and I'm curious as I as I learned that you know you were kind of telling this from the perspective of you know the one child policy in China. What was it was it common in China that um, a woman w- would get pregnant with a second child and that she would have to have an abortion? Was that something that was common uh, during that time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think like the idea of one child policy is like you know one family can only have one. Right. So uh, I think like. It's, I think it's not the abortion that uh, caused it. It's just like even for many families that if they only have one kid, they might don't even consider to have another one, or they, you know, when they or ask if they were pregnant, they might have to abort the child. So it's just like for us, what affects the children who was born during that time is we do, we don't have a chance to you know make the option, you know, right. to make the choice. So I think like even for us, for most of the children that was born during the time that they were, you know, just since the beginning, they were just told, you know, you, you have to, you, you can't have siblings. And then it just, uh, and but we consider that no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why I think it's so bizarre because the rest of, of the world is totally different. And then they I even have a friend who has, you know, nine siblings and then, <laughs> They have like so many different stories that tell me, and then I just think it's a huge, uh, you know, this this is something special about us that's different with the rest of the world. Yeah, it it definitely is. And I mean, I I grew up in Utah, and I I came from a family of four people. And that was a small family. It was four people, <laughs> or four kids, I guess I should say. So six of us overall. But yeah, that was that was kind of a small family <laughs> when it came yeah, down to Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It's- found a very fascinating way to kind of tell the story um where, where you're the where you're the younger uh, of the two of you telling it from the older brother's perspective anticipating having that little sister and i i think that that's just such a unique uh, way to tell this story and to be able to kind of feel the emotion of you know being that that single that single lonely child <laughs> So now when it came down to making this film, I noticed too, this is only the second film uh, that you had, that you had made as far as a short film. And this was a mm-hmm. student film. Is that right? Uh, sister. Yes. was my graduation film from Cal Arts. 
Yeah, I, I, I had talked with with Daria. I don't know if you've seen the other the other um, short films that are made, um, and and oh, she had made yeah. um, Daughter, and mm-hmm. both of you these were your uh, these these were your final student film projects, and I am just so envious of both of you because when I was in film school, none of us were making anything near the quality of these, and I started to kind of wonder after I spoke with her if. Maybe just some of the film schools just aren't quite the caliber that you guys have overseas um, to, to be able to be able to make some of these films because both yours and hers have such unique stop motion looks that you just don't see from film school students. Yeah, uh, I think for me, yeah, school definitely is a great place to you know make something new. I think for me, like the reason I thought the school is like. Uh, I mean, we've seen, we all seen animation. Like, I grew up watching animation from China and from the States. Like, I love animation. That's why I want to study and make my own animation. Uh, but also, like, I think went to school it definitely changed my mind of animation because uh, on the mainstream media, we all see really similar styles. But when you go to school and you are exposed to many urban guards animation artists and you know, some like they also really encourage us to like experiment, do whatever that's different that not nobody have done before. I think that's always my goal when I was making that film. Like I want to make a film that nobody have seen before. So, uh, so I did lots of experiments. I tried different media, and so mo- the reason I love slow motion because slow motion have so much freedom and so much like. Uh, you know, possibilities. I can try different materials and different, like, you know, cameras move. And, you know, for lighting, I can also experiment with the light to create really interesting imagery. Um, so I did a lot of that. And then when I started to make my thesis film, uh, I had this uh, narrative story I want to tell. So I kind of like combine all my experiments, previous experiments into the final project. So because this is also my final film from all my animation study, you know, uh, period. So I want to make a film that actually show all my skills and, uh, you know, to, to show show my parents and to show, you know, everyone that what I learned in the past few years and what I can, what, what I can do in the future. So, yeah, that was the, uh, yeah, the experience. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I I think you definitely showed what you can do in the future when you know your your thesis project gets nominated for an Academy Award. So that definitely speaks volumes to what you what you're capable of doing. Um, now, now I saw that you have another short film that you made after this called Coin, and it's kind of the similar a- animation style where you're kind of you you you've made a mark of what your your style is. Tell me how you kind of came up with this style for the puppetry uh, that that you use in these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, so. The, the style for sister uh, originally the video style was from um, you know it's also my first time to try this material and then because originally I was thinking more about the story I didn't have a you know finished style at the beginning I, I was more mostly just thinking about you know how the story should go and then when I think about the story because of most of you know the story of sister is about childhood, about memories, and about family. So I just look back in my childhood, my, my mom told me to study Chinese ink painting. And then I did a lot of that. You know, in Chinese ink painting, it's mostly black and white ink, mm. and with a little red, <laughs> as, you know, uh, here and there. So that kind of pattern kind of just resonated with the childhood. So I want to, like, 
you know, make that into the main color palette. Um, because, but I also don't want to make a film that's just with Chinese ink painting because that's that's something that people have already done before. So I want to try something new, and the sound motion was my favorite uh, media to to make animation. So I also look I look for ideas and materials that can recreate that similar imagery with sound motion. So um, I found wool, which is a really uh, great material to work with, and also really new. Uh, so I kind of combine them and you know find found this uh, final uh, visual after you know many different experiments. <laughs> yeah, and I I, th I think using the wool too, it gives it a really unique texture on screen that get that really the the composition of the entire picture really just adds some of the beauty to it using the wool, and that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me when I was watching it. And with the color palette that you used, particularly for Sister, it, it just worked so well. And I loved the way that, that the puppetry and your choice to use the wool uh, played into all of it. Mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I also, like, what, I think, like, even at the beginning, I had some ideas on how to use it, like how, you know, how the material looks. But I think, like, I did lots of discovery where I in production, you know, when I put everything in front of camera and I have the lights. So I play around a lot with the lights and uh, all the materials around me. Uh, I can, there are some shots that was, I didn't de design before. I just like, you know, certainly have this idea inspired by something around the shooting. And then some lights, there was a, there were some shots like the baby was in the womb. That was totally like, you know, Accident when I there, like when I put the light behind it, and then the the wood texture kind of has this real light on puppets and everything. So, um, so I found that looks really beautiful in camera. So I just record lots of footage, and then I didn't I didn't know what I was going to use it for. But later on, while I was doing the editing, I kind of just like play around, put them together, and then it worked uh, really good. I'm just, I just I'm glad I shot those footage before I even know if, if I'm going to use it. Yeah, I mean, th those shots came out beautifully of the baby in the womb, so that's, that's, that's fascinating that they were just something you were kind of playing with to see how they would how they would work out, because yeah, those are those are absolutely stunning shots. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I like, I like those too. So now, now the, the final couple questions that I have to ask every filmmaker. Uh, uh, first off, is uh, what was your reaction and and kind of where were you when you uh, when you found out that you were nominated for an Academy Award? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we we know. Well, I was at my apartment because that was four eight, uh, five a.m. in Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had like wake up like super early and then well, I actually I couldn't sleep the night before also, <laughs> um, so I just like <laughs> woke up really early and then actually because my family. China and then it's like afternoon for them. I actually call them and I, I remind them that they also need to watch the the live announcement. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So we can like watch it all together and I have to. Uh, and we also like was asked to record our reaction too. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It was like amazing. I think for me, like I didn't expect so much because even in the show there are also so many great films that I really like and I think that they would make, make it into the nomination. So that's why, and also they, they announced my, my film, the last one, <laughs> when every, you know, all the fourth spot was already 
really take it. And to me, it was like a huge surprise when I heard Spencer as the last uh, nominated film. So, yeah, it was a special moment for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine your stomach was just sinking as the spots were yeah. <laughs> the spots were being announced, and you're just like, "Say sister, say sister." <laughs> I know, yeah. I, when I was like looking at the reaction video I recorded, it was like, "Is this like totally shocked?" <laughs> I think my eyes just like suddenly opened. <laughs> yeah. I, I I love that they started having people record those reaction videos. I haven't seen yours yet, but I I always love coming across them. Because it's just such a tender moment to, to be able to see, I mean, in, in a way, see, see somebody's life change to be able to get that nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I, I'm glad you asked me to record it. Otherwise, uh, I would never, you know, I don't think I would have such a big reaction for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, now, is your family going to be joining you at the Oscars? Are they coming out from China? Yeah, that, that, that's incredible. Having a good support system means everything. It, it's it's how you're able to move forward and pursue, you know, such a risky career. And to have that support staff behind behind you means the world. It's it's how I think people achieve, you know, the, the dreams and goals that they're after. Definitely, yeah. Also, like, my family was a huge inspiration of the film of Sister, too, that I consider them, you know, part of the crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it, it, it was so good to talk to you today. Uh, best of luck with the Oscars. Uh, I, I know we're we're pretty much a week away at this point, so I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens, uh, and, I, and I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you, too. Yeah, and I, and I look forward to see, seeing what, 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 you, uh, what you end up working on next, uh, because, I mean, you've got, the, you've got this Oscar nomination. You're part of Missing Link. I, I, I'm very excited to see, see what I see your name pop up on next. Yeah, hope I also have good news soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and uh, thanks for calling in. Thank you.